Hello there and welcome, welcome to the Backhanders here. We bring you all the ins and the outs from this, the great game of tennis. We cover each and every tennis slam. We're unafraid to slam tennis. And with me, a man who last week contracted tennis fever, but that's the least infectious disease he needs to worry about currently. It is Catters. How are you doing, my friend? Lightning. So good to be with you. I have, since we last spoke, taken a COVID test. Good. And had a small stroke. And I feel I've reset and feeling very fresh and ready to go for today's program. So I'm excited, Lightning. It's been a good tournament thus far. We can't expect the best from something like this. I feel like it's been an enjoyable experience. It's been like catching up with a bunch of good friends again, albeit at a funeral. So I have kind of mixed emotions. Okay, okay. It might be the fact that I'm generally just smelling burnt toast these last few days. But I feel like it's been a tournament of two narratives. On one side, we've had dynamic women's tennis. Anything can happen. Amazing. On the other side, just predictable by the numbers. Mm. Blah. Mm. Blah on blah. On blah. Sorry, I I don't speak French as well as you catters. What were you, what were you saying? <laughs> no, I was ordering a cordon bleu uh, gassant, but I'm back. Imagine me, Lightning, sitting at Chateau Le Cat here in Copenhagen. Two screens, and it's been like having Squid Game on one and reruns of The Golden Girls on the other. I'm not amused. <laughs> A little aroused, perhaps? <laughs> yes. It wasn't quite the point of my analogy. Right, right. Sorry. I didn't expect so many scenes featuring Blanche in her undergarments, <laughs> Lightning. But that was meant to be the analogy for the men's game. <laughs> so surprisingly aroused by boring daytime television. Okay, okay. But... <laughs> I can only assume, Kat, is you're referring to the fascination on the women's side that, as we meet, you and I, halfway through the tournament, there's no seeds in the top 10 left except the world number one. Two, three, four, five, six, all gone. There's now only two left between 10 and 20. There's only three players in the top 20 left because there's just upset after upset, surprise after surprise. So that that's the women's game. Fascination. And, of course, the men's game, the complete opposite. Barely fired a shot in terms of interest, intrigue, no upsets, nothing to speak of. I assume that that's what we're talking about. That was exactly what I was talking about, Lightning. I thought my analogy was clear enough, but nice of you to (laughs) garnish it with some facts and figures here and there, as us less comedically minded folk tend to do. But back to Golden Girls Season 6. Rose has a major issue with her preferred brand of adult diapers and... Hilarity ensues, Lightning. But what is not funny is the state of men's tennis. I am bored, Lightning. Yes. I don't know what I expected, given the surface is subpar at best, but I expected something. I expected uneven bounces. I expected some of these lower-ranked chumps to threaten Mm -hmm. the stars. I just wanted something out of this. And instead, what I got was a bunch of men. I mean, we talk about discrepancy in pay if you were paying for performance in this first week give 95 percent of the cash pool 
to the women because that cast on Golden Girls should be signed on for a seventh season. I cannot say enough how good their chemistry is, Lightning. But on the men's side, what I've observed is pedestrian. And by pedestrian, I mean it feels like a bunch of road workers leaning on their rackets waiting mm. for the first week to be up. They could at least take the time to wear high-vis because that's the only element they're missing. <laughs> and in the case of anyone playing Andre Rublev, a hard hat. <laughs> but I'm expecting more lightning. I'm losing my patience. I know, I know. And I, and I hear Kat is, and fully agree. I'm, full, I'm intrigued by the women's side. I am bored to snores. And for me, one of the great highlights of this is... Nadal. I mean, I didn't even bother tipping the bloke. Most pundits did not tip the bloke, even though he's going for his 14th (laughs) French Open title. And the reason we didn't is because we trusted him. We believed him when he said, I'm injured. I'm lame. I'm limping. I've got an injury. We've heard it all before, Catters, but the story just seemed so pronounced and so vivid. And, you know, we knew about the gout on his foot, you know, the fungus growing up the ankle and you name it. We had it in detail. He seemed immobile. And all of a sudden, Catters, he's got to the second week without dropping a set. He looks impenetrable. He's going to walk away with a 14th slam. We've heard it all before, Catters. There's, there's, there's nothing interesting about this narrative. I hear you, Lightning. It is an absolute disgrace that as media professionals, as seasoned commentators yeah. like you and I are, yeah. that yeah. we yeah. again fall for the old Rafa Ropadope, where he suckers us in yes. to thinking that he has a major ailment yes. and then turns it around and banks another freaking slam on the devil's dirt. I fall for it every year. Fool me once, Rafa. Shame on you. Fool me 14 times, Rafa. (laughs) Shame on the backhanders. And I'm saying that as a collective lightning because you are as equally hoodwinked as I am these days. And with Rafa, the brilliant thing is, is that he always finds an angle for us to buy into the narrative that he's genuinely going to show up in a wheelchair. He's like a bloody snake oil salesman who, by the way, I'm currently in a legal battle with. Um, That ointment has not fixed erectile dysfunction as prescribed. Lightning, it's as if Rafa has employed... A team of people. I think that's what he's done. I actually think that what he's done is he's gone out and he's gotten random people yes. to surprise him and injure him. Yes. Just to keep yes. him fresh, keep him on his toes. <laughs> Some people like to spar with people on the tennis court. He's got guys jumping out like ninjas, <laughs> just breaking bones at will. Oh, he's hired a team of injured ninjas. <laughs> Brilliant. Just to stand up and karate chop him in the knackers. Just time and time. Okay, you're good to go. Ninja Ninjas, that's my favourite K-pop group. (laughs) Catters, I hear you. I see you. I smell you. All of those disappoint me. And yet I implore you, Catters, to stay with us. The French, look, it rarely delivers in spades in great quality. But Catters, as you suggested, Alcaraz, Nadal, Medvedev, Djokovic, all on collision course. So much awaits us. There is so much more to come. Stay with us and conjure up that anticipation, that optimism. Let's look for those gold nuggets at the end of the devil's rainbow as we come on. I've got nothing in my head. I'm just 
really excited and I want to hug the whole stadium. Cutters, we've just got through the equivalent of hangover one and a fearing that it's just going to be hangover two. But we are anticipating something better at the midway point of this tournament, Cutters. What's got you excited or getting you excited? Well, Lightning, it's actually nothing to do with this tournament, which is what's really exciting me at the moment. And that is the fact that Wimbledon has been hit by yet another scandal. I mean, it has been making more news than Roland Garros this week, rightly so. And it comes about because the ATP and WTA has stripped the tournament of ranking points. Gone, Lightning. Yes. All meaning. Yes. Out the door. Forget about it. Fake tournament. And as soon as you hear this word that was uttered by a few players this week on tour, you know that the stakes are high. They dropped the word exhibition tournament. And both you and I know that is a dirty word in tennis. There should be a trigger warning before that comes up on our screens because that is about as unpopular as the term professional podcaster (laughs) seems to be on my Tinder profile these days. (laughs) And yours and my favorite underachiever, Naomi Osaka. Isn't she adorable? I don't want to sound patronizing, but she's really given it a crack, Lightning. And on her way out in the first or second round, not sure how well she did this time round, but she managed to dropped the mic in the press conference by saying that if Wimbledon doesn't want to offer ranking points, I don't think I'll be motivated to enter a, and I'll warn you now, listeners, I'm about to say it, exhibition tournament. (laughs) If our extensive team of post-producers don't bleep that out, my apologies to the children listening at the moment. Lightning, I got to say, for once, Naomi has a point. And I'm 100% behind her. We've actually been in discussion through the various social medias. We've set up a joint TikTok account and a (laughs) corresponding charity called Wimble Don't Bother. And I'm encouraging everyone to get behind this crusade. It is an exhibition tournament. Nobody cares. I don't care how many tweets I read from Andy Murray trying to legitimize the unlegitimatizable. This is rubbish. Nobody cares. Wimbledon's gone to the dogs. I've heard that even the groundsmen aren't bothering anymore. They're just letting the grass grow out. I think it's going to be interesting, for one. Grass that's been allowed to grow for eight weeks can't be any worse than clay, but it'll be interesting. And I just say, Wimbledon, your only chance of redemption here is to just embrace the term exhibition tournament i don't care let the players rock up it's going to be an absolute fiasco they got nothing to play for let them show up wearing whatever the heck they want if they want to wear anything at all we could embrace the whole garden of eden theme and go el natural i do like the idea of a themed costume event cutters to really truly embrace yeah this exhibition kind of concept 100 percent. what have you got any suggestions um Oh, it's got to be something topical, though, doesn't it, Kat? It's, I don't know. Come as your, come as your favourite recently deported Russian oligarch, <laughs> um. mate. That gives me something to look forward to: Igor versus Igor. Just something to play with. I reckon we should make the players 
team up with their favorite celebrity. Good. I could think of nothing better than Iga Schwantek playing doubles with Kiki Burtons, who I presume is a famous adult entertainment star. <laughs> or lightening even the idea that they have to play with their namesake. So you have Alexander Bublik with Michael Bublé or Casper oh, Ruud partnered by Kevin Rudd. I just love the idea of the symmetry of it all. Simona Halep uh, partnered by... Simona Lisa. <laughs> I'll give it to you on a technicality. That technicality being that we're running out of puns. So, Lightning, that might feel rather derivative, but that's what's got me excited. How about yourself? Cat, for me, we're in a state of mourning. We're lacking our great hero, Ash Barty. But I look to the greener pastures of Australian tennis, and I look to the, the two shining lights left behind. And that is, of course, Bernard Tomic and Nick Kyrgios, who have been playing an incredible match of keyboard warrior this week. And it's played out in all its glory on social media when, for some reason, the Age newspaper in Australia decided it would be a wonderful idea to speak to 480 in the world Captain Relevance Bernard Tomic and just get his opinion on Nick Kyrgios, who apparently he has one. And Kat, has it unleashed this tirade that seemed to come from nowhere? Tomic was essentially asked, who's better between you and Kyrgios? And Tomic went off in his tirade saying, our current score is 1-0. I beat you once before. I'll beat you again whenever you want. I dominate you every time we play. We train and you know that. You say you're good at basketball. I'll beat you at that too. Tennis? I'll dominate you one-on-one. Do not make excuses. I'll even play you on grass whenever you want. You know what? Let's sort this out in a boxing ring. Put your gloves on. I'll dominate you there also. Let's see who's better once and for all. So I don't know how this bloke's got so charged up and how many conversations he's having in his own head, but he's gone absolutely gangbusters. He then finishes off by saying, you said last week that you were the number one player on grass. You're dreaming. You have the number one mouth in the world for sure. I mean, this is high-class tennis mm. at this point, Cutters. And, of course, Nick Kyrgios read this, distilled it, and thought, you know what? I shouldn't respond. No, that's not what Kyrgios <laughs> did. Kyrgios said, better in what way? I've got a higher career, ranking, more money, more wins, and I give back whenever I can. It's time for BT to just quiet down. He ain't even playing anymore. i got years left. And so this incredible tirade goes. Kyrgios then called him the most hated athlete in Australia. Tomic comes back and says, put a million bucks on the line. I'll put a million bucks online and we'll play for a multi-million dollar thing and let the fans decide. It was this incredible battle being played out, Cutters. And Kyrgios just kind of reaches a moment where he just sits down on his meditation cushion, channels his inner Becca, and goes all zen and says, BT, I'm still playing on the tour, my brother. I've got bigger fish to fry. I'm actually in a grass court training block right now, preparing for tournaments. Wimbledon and then the US Swing. I understand you're at the future and challenger level right now, but if you want to play me and you want to set this straight, just get back to the top of the sport. I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere. I still feel that I'm elite. I'm still beating some of the best in the world quite easily. So I'll be waiting for you. And if you're capable of playing a decent level of tennis, you'll show that. There's no need to go through the media and use my name to get relevant again. Let's just see your results. Stop living in the past and let's play each other on the main tour. And if it was Olga Roon, you'd probably see a cog or two chucked in there at the end. 
just for good measure. A couple of tool emojis might have been appropriate lightning, if I wanted. <laughs> oh, Cutters, it was just unbelievable. And then, of course, Curios, having gone all beautifully philosophical, then just starts posting Tomic's win-loss ratio for the year, which was 2-12, and 12, and <laughs> posting his ranking of 480 and finishes by then saying, Bernard, I didn't realise it was this bad. I low-key feel bad now. Hit me up if you need me to help you remember how to play Jesus. With a G. <laughs> <laughs> it's just pure class from the remaining chumps we have to carry the torch oh. of Australian Tennis Lightning. It warms the heart and honestly <laughs> that's all we've got because i was thinking the other day these two guys these two statesmen of the game who are maturing before our very eyes they're leading the charge the rest of the pack lightning let's just quickly review the names of these australian journeymen that flank the two lead plonkers who you've just laid out before our eyes. Luke Saville, James Duckworth, John Millman, Christopher O'Connell, Alex Bolt, Jason Kubler. Who are these people, Lightning? Are these some interns applying <laughs> for an accountancy position? Well, they can join our research department because they are <laughs> as anonymous as they come. And they are... All we've got at the moment, Lightning. I don't know what's going on with that cloning machine that they've invented at the Australian <laughs> Institute of Sport, but it could do with a reboot because all we're seeing is an army of Agent Smiths being unleashed on the ATP tour. Faceless men in suits, cannon fodder for the top 20. I'd call them ball machines, but I'm not so convinced that they can get it back on a regular basis. It is an absolute disaster, Lightning. So, random player generator, random name generator, Luke, James, John, Christopher. I mean, I have no faith that we are not going to see another 30-year drought in Australian tennis. Ash Barty, you owe me hope. Nothing more and nothing less. I think they're saying Sue, which is a soccer thing, a football thing. Sorry, I can't hear you. I'll try it again. I can, I, guys, I can't hear him. Please uh, uh, show some respect for Jim Courier. He uh, won't hear you, guys. Okay. Thank you. Catters fed up, poo down. Time to look into who is impressing us. Who's going to take the reins? Who's going to become that future great? And who is going to grate us with their inability to live up to their potential? Who is it for you? This time. Well, Lightning, my fed up is a bunch of resilient people commonly known to the rest of the world as Russians. They've copped a tough rap these last few months for reasons that I can't go into today, mainly because I only read the sports sections of the newspaper. <laughs> Russia number one, rest of the world zero. So, Lightning, I don't know what's going on, but apparently they've been banned from Wimbledon. And they're not allowed to compete under their flag. So I was doing some research for this episode because James Duckworth can't start until the 1st of July. And I noticed that the likes of Akuna Matova, one of my favorites, Katsakina, Sasnovich, these wonderful ladies are competing under a white flag. Yes. Now, 
I don't want to jump to conclusions, but have they flown north for the winter? And are they representing the United Republic of the Arctic Circle? That's what I believe is happening right now, Lightning. I did see our favorite, Sasnovich, singing the Ice Age theme song as the national anthem before her third round victory, which I thought was very inspiring. Coming on, being pulled by a bunch of huskies was uh, a good tribute. (laughs) (laughs) And Sasnovich growing a little too much facial hair, if you ask me, as a tribute to El Presidente, a.k.a. Father Christmas, which is another fitting tribute, Lightning. But I love the fact that they've pivoted. It is a sport that requires... Fast footwork, and in their case, an emigration to the Arctic Circle at that timely period before they are beckoned home to make toys in Santa's workshop. So, Lightning, waving the white flag is officially no longer a sign of surrender. This fleet of women and men with the polar bear instinct are going to take the devil's dirt by storm in the second week. Look out. And for my poo down, i got to say it is... The semantics surrounding the women's game. Mm. We've big upped the women this week. They provided a lot of entertainment. And the last thing they need to experience is the kneecapping of governing bodies that are Mm. setting back their plight many years. Mm. And I look no further than the Wimbledon Winners Board, which has been altered this week. As if Wimbledon don't have big enough problems to deal with. (laughs) They've decided to strip the Winners Board of all references to the marital status of the champions. So I don't know if you're aware of this, Lightning. You probably aren't because you're pretty ignorant down there in the great (laughs) land down under. But in the Northern Hemisphere, we address people more formally than just, G'day, mate. How's it going? And that is in the form of Mrs. Miss or Ms. Ms. is kind of the nondescript, I may have been in prison in the past... (laughs) kind of greeting but Wimbledon has done away with this so I for one am very disappointed I used to love glancing at the former champions seeing who might still be on the market (laughs) who's taken I found that to be very reliable and it's wokeness gone out of control lightning next up they won't allow me to chisel their star sign into the trophy I want this sort of information going forward, Lightning. And I, for one, think that it dehumanizes our champions, if I'm totally mm. honest. Mm. To be honest, though, from an Australian point of view, Kat, is it, it is a bit of a saving face measure because when it comes to Australian women tennis players, we've had a fair load of misses. <laughs> so... <laughs> If it was the Australian honour board at the Oz Open, it would just be Sheila number one, Sheila two, Sheila three. Makes it very easy. Exactly. And my other poo down lightning, it's a multi-layered dump, which is a great visual for those listeners out there. It's the fact that none other than Camilla Georgie, hiya Georgie, has been sanctioned for wearing a dress overnight that your night, my daytime, she wasn't playing in the middle of the night. She's not a vampire that we are aware of yet. However, if the Wimbledon board doesn't better articulate the nature of these human beings that are playing, we might go down that path. Is that what the left wants? Is that what you all want? But uh, Haya Georgie was cautioned for wearing a dress with a logo across her chest that 
could be seen from multiple satellites, which read DeLonghi, which I believe is Italian for the long logo. Uh, So witty and topical. And not a particularly creative marketing team. Uh, no, not at all. What a missed opportunity, which many have said of her career. So maybe it's some sort of meta meaning to it all. But Lightning, this DeLonghi logo on her chest, I'm worried because what sort of a message is it sending? It's sending a message that the women of today can only be sponsored by kitchen appliances. Is that really the message we want to send? <laughs> oh, I didn't know what was going on when... They were doing the interview of her and she was at the ironing board ironing clothes, but it's kind of starting to make sense. <laughs> I think straight after the interview, she said, apologies, I, I need to go. I need to give some of the men a rub down in the change rooms. <laughs> Just... So Camilla Georgie, whilst I respect your bid to return women back to the 1950s as the perfect housewife, (laughs) I have to say it is at odds with a new sentiment that I personally don't agree with, but this podcast technically should represent. (laughs) Lightning, what's your fed up? Catters, for me, it is uh, persistence. It is the persistence of one Barbara (laughs) Katrina. Is that the best you've got? How bad was the first week of tennis that you're fed up is persistence? Yeah. That's like me saying, what am I excited about? Live, love, laugh. I mean, you can't choose bumper stickers as you're fed up. That is a new rule for the podcast going forward. Well, after I broke it open out of my fortune cookie earlier today, I really felt it could... <laughs> But alas, it's more specific, Catters. Whilst I do value the general uh, claim of persistence, it's the persistence in the form of one Barbara Krachikova. Now, this is a former French Open winner. And in fact, number two in the world. And in fact, I I think the number one doubles player in the world. She's an incredible player and has been having a torrid run on the injury front. Mm. In fact, she's been out since February with an elbow injury. So to see her struggling and then finally make her way back at the French Open, the slam that she's previously won as the number two, um, high hopes that she could do it again, only to be struck down, Catters, with COVID. I mean, this poor, poor woman makes it back, gets to the starting line, out of the gate, and round one, knocked back down, having to withdraw from all her doubles matches for the rest of the tournament. So shattered for her, Cutters. Shortly after contracting COVID, she then got monkeypox. So <laughs> she's a woman who's just copying it on all fronts. So some players prefer to go around the circuit collecting silverware and tournament wins, whereas she's going around collecting infectious diseases. <laughs> Lightning, I feel for it. She really is the modern day Job. I actually had heard earlier this year that she was playing with Chlamydia, which I only figured was uh, a Czech doubles partner. (laughs) So that kind of clears things up, which for her sake, I hope also happens. I was going to say, it hasn't. It hasn't, Catters. That's exactly my point. (laughs) So beyond the human disease pincushion that is Barbora Krachikova Lightning, who's your poo down? Can it get any worse? If that's a glass half full, show me a glass half empty lightning. Catters, for me, my poo down is uh, is persistence. No, it's not. My poo down, Catters, is 
petulant players. Mm. Petulant players. We've seen them. We see them constantly all too much and at this French Open. And when I talk about petulant players, I'm not talking about some of the folk walking around the Moulin Rouge late at night around <laughs> Paris. I'm talking about these petulant tennis players. So, Cutters, we've just seen some examples of behavior that we just cannot tolerate in mm. tennis. The man-child, uh, Rublev, mm. something had gone awry in his match, took a ball and smashes the ball into this advertising board and it ricochets off, ping, 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 straight towards this groundsman sweeping the court only for the ball to just skim his head and just nick his cap off his head, leaving him there. And it was this classic scene out of a Western as the tumbleweed tumbled past him and Rublev tells him this court ain't big enough for the two of us. It was incredible scene, Cutters, but could have gone so badly, yes. so badly, millimetres off sconning this bloke. And of course, you'd think that's sufficient warning for other players on the tournament. Well, no. Irina Camellia Begu which sounds essentially like a squashed baguette. But she cutters, <laughs> you'd think she would know better. But no, she grabs her racket and tosses it into the ground and it bounces into the stands, nearly hitting a child who was left bawling his eyes out, having almost been maimed by a mouldy baguette. I mean, it was an incredible scene, Cutters, but you just wonder when players are going to learn. Yeah, Lightning, it's ridiculous, but also admirable, the lengths these players are going to, to try and boycott the devil's dirt. Nobody really wants to come out and quit a match mid-flight. So they've seen what Djokovic did and they're trying to emulate it. What staggers me is that Roland Garros, who I presume is a middle-aged man, they all are, is so desperate to keep people in his drawer that he refuses to disqualify these chumps. It could go very, very wrong, Lightning. I don't know what it's going to take to get someone disqualified, but I think and I hope it will involve nudity. Just putting it out there, as I hope they do as well. But Catters, that was merely the entree. For me, this is the main course of petulance. One, Stan Wawrinka, champion of the game, mm. decides at 5-2 down that his main issue is not the scoreline, but the temperature of his water. <laughs> he believed it was too cold. He said it's not normal at a grand slam. He said, do you think it's normal? So you call someone. It's been here three changes. I asked you for some water that is not freezing because it is not good you're at the french open and you cannot get normal water you think it is normal you think it is normal and off he goes paying out on the temperature of the frenchies water can you believe it gutters unbelievable lightning and coincidentally i saw that camilla georgie has been sponsored across her back by not freezing water so good result for her some free publicity Please don't patronise me. I, I would have. No, no, you are. In the way you're asking, in the way you're asking your question, you are being quite disrespectful, and you are patronising me. I'm a professional competitor who did her best today. Catters, it's time to take this bad boy home, and to do that, we need to pause and review at the midway point of this French Open how we're doing with our very, very well-respected prediction section. <laughs> We have long been looked to for our wisdom and foresight. So, Cutters, let's look over our predictions. Take us through yours. Uh, Lightning, it hasn't been a great week for me. It's probably part of the frustration <laughs> was that from really before the tournament even started, Ons Jabur the hit, crapped the bed 
on Centre Court before anyone was even there to watch it. It was early on the Sunday. I didn't even know the tournament had started. No one knew the tournament had started. I don't even think there were any lines people or chair umpires, but she managed to still lose quickly. And that really put a dampener on my whole tournament. Not a great start for the both of us. And on the men's side, I've predicted Rafa. He's still going strong. We've discussed that he's managing to limp his way through the early rounds of the draw. And for my dark horses, you want dark, you'll get dark. I think Taylor Fritz may have shown up physically, but definitely not mentally or spiritually. He was devoid of any meaning in that black hole of the first round. And likewise, Maria Sakkari came and went without a whimper. So I probably need to move away from my strategy of rounding up some of the local stray cats, spray painting random tennis players' names on them, and aiming at them with an air rifle. It's not doing me much service at the moment. I'm seeing something in the tea leaves there, Cutters. Maybe a herd of cats, her cats, maybe? Maybe her cats is where you should have gone. It would make more sense than the rationale behind previous picks. Thank you, Lightning. (laughs) What about you? Catters for me, Schwantek on the women's side, still looking strong. In fact, looking essentially like an unstoppable force. So I don't know whether I should add to my predictions and also predict that gravity will continue to be a force (laughs) as well. Uh, I think that's about as sure bet as Schwantek. Uh, winning, although Kat has had a hiccup in her last round where she dropped eight games mm. against her, which was more than she'd conceded in the entire tournament in one match. I mean, fancy that, conceding eight games. But Kat is, she'll be back on it and she will be bageling her way through the rest of the tournament. Don't you worry about that. Alcaraz has looked shaky early, but he's finding his stride. And so look out for the collision of all collisions as the top four, five, six players go head-to-head in these last couple of rounds, but it'll be enticing. Kat is dark horse-wise. Tom Lanovich, uh, she won her first match uh, ever, I believe, <laughs> uh, in the first round, and then uh, hasn't been able to back it up. But uh, she's got a little bit of work to do, Kat is, before she can claim to be as good at number one as Ash Barty. Kat is Bedosa. Now, I stand by my dark horse prediction of picking the third best women's player in the world as the darkest of dark horses. Because, Kat, when it comes to this French Open, it's just... I mean, she was Spanish. She She's a player at the French Open. She ticked every box as a potential champion for me. So, when you're just throwing darts at the dartboard, she's as good as any other. Because if it's not Schwantek, it's a dark horse, essentially, in this field. Mm. So, And, of course, Berrettini wasn't particularly strong out of the gate, I think... When you talk glue factory horses in this field, that's where he was, Catters. He didn't even make the gate. Uh, he was <laughs> he was scratched. <laughs> he was scratched. He was not even in the flipping tournament. So uh, we've done this a few times, Catters. I, I, I certainly think it'll help our predictions if we choose some live game uh, when trying to predict a potential winner. I still like Stefan Edberg's chances at the US this year. So... Uh... <laughs> Oh, well, he has as good a chance beating (laughs) Schwantek as any other person and player in or out of the field currently. So, Kat, as we introduced the glue factory horse this year, has there been any signs of a glue factory horse for you? Mm, uh, uh, A player that should be 
moving towards early retirement, I believe, Lightning. Yes. And in that spirit, I can't go past Dominic Team, a man who Ooh. won the US Open only a couple of years ago, but yeah. has just become a shadow of his former self. That would mm. be kind. He is the result of someone forgetting to service the clone machine at the Australian Institute of Sport <laughs> right now. He looks <laughs> horrific. And following his wrist injury and presumably subsequent amputation, he just hasn't been able to get that same spin on the ball. <laughs> Very tricky for him, gaffer taping the racket to his forearm. <laughs> Who would have thought that that would impede his technique? But... I think that admission he made in his press conference after limping out in the first round, his 11th straight loss on the tour, that he needs to go back to the challenger events, uh, mm. under 11s, I believe, <laughs> is a sign that he needs to be marched off to the glue factory for the betterment of all of society who are forced to watch him recently. And on the women's side, Lightning... I don't want to do this, but I'm going to have to march all three wangs oh. into the glue factory... <laughs> They've let me down. I would have hoped to see at least one of the three Wangs getting through to the second round. But alas, no. They've let me down and I'm a broken man. So you just shattered there hasn't been a rising Wang. I see what you're saying, Cutters. You wanted something more solid. (laughs) You can't. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just going to introduce three Wangs into this segment and then deny you any puns. Yeah, great. <laughs> We're above that, Lightning. We're above that. You're just dangling a shaped carrot in front of me. And then... <laughs> we are going to march them off to the glue factory, Lightning, and not make comment on their punnable surnames. Cutters, <laughs> it's time to allow the listeners to go on their merry way and enjoy what will be an incredible second week of this 2022 French Open. We'll join you on the other side, but until we get there, please make sure you join us through our socials, review and share this show with your friends. Check us out on Instagram or Facebook with our handle, The Backhanders. But until then, if you're drinking water, but, ooh, but it's a little bit too cold, ooh, freezing cold. But you've chosen to represent the People's Republic of Antarctica. Well, just remember to be quiet, please. 